night, I saw something in my dreams. There was a girl. And you are? Sandy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we're going to be talking about the Edgar Wright film that just came out, Last Night in Soho. But before we do that, let's jump straight into our podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. I honestly haven't watched too much stuff in the last week. It's been a busy week. Uh, so I'm curious to know. I know you've been busy too. So I'm curious to know what uh, you've been watching. Yeah, that's something that we always seem to share, right? On, on a given week where we're just both like just crazy, unstoppable busy. But uh, I somehow managed to, for the ritual, I'm cheating. I'm giving you two movies. But... They're all related. Hmm. This is actually going to, I'm just letting everyone know, this is my fourth attempt, fourth attempt to get through the Harry Potter films. And so I got through the first two, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I do not know why, uh, what prompted me from like trying to get through all eight movies. I've only gone through four in the past and but then man re-watching these first two i don't remember a lot of a lot of the details and so i feel like that's probably the reason why i'm going through all of them again so all of them are on hbo max currently uh again we are still not sponsored but um yeah i i remembered certain plot points mainly in the first one because i probably watched that movie uh maybe like for the fourth time or whatever mm-hmm. chamber of secrets. I probably only watched like two or three times. So um, chamber of secrets is not as good as the first one. <laughs> uh, dude, I, that's honestly a smart move. Cause yeah, it does sound kind of random, but then again, I was like, I haven't finished the Harry Potter movie series either. <laughs> so there you, go. you know, it's, it's those first two that it's like, Oh yeah, I watched them. And then nothing after that, really, until, uh, what, I watched Deathly Hollows Part 2, not even Part (laughs) (laughs) 1. So, I know how it ends. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's a a completely unrelated coincidence. I did the same thing with uh, the Twilight Saga. I watched part of the first one, didn't watch any of the second, third, or I don't know how many movies, but I ended up watching Part 2 of breaking dawn that was the second that was the last movie right i think so i didn't watch it so whichever the last one was i just skipped all the way to the last one and wikipedia the rest mm. all right <laughs> i'm guessing you went with uh with a, a group right <laughs> yes uh twilight fans i believe they were all team edward if i'm not mistaken yeah <laughs> all right uh this week i've mentioned this tv show before it's a uh, superman and lois Ooh, but it's i back, find right? huh is it, it did, did it come back from like some sort some sort of hiatus? Yeah, I took a break from it cuz it, it took a break and then 
it's on HBO Max now. Not still not sponsored. And both of us are still watching stuff on HBO Max. But I finished the season finale for Superman and Lois, and it's the the season is pretty solid. All mm. fifteen episodes are pretty solid. So I'm pretty happy about that, considering it's still like a CW show. Like every time the the episodes come on, and then it says, "Oh, the CW." I'm like, okay, but. It definitely shows its budget sometimes, obviously, it being from the CW, uh, but it's pretty solid for the most part, and I'm excited for season two in mid-January. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, you know what? The dream would be to have a major DC TV series where it's just straight to HBO Max and it's got the HBO like budget. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they would ever do a... You know how like they've already done what Gotham on Fox, yeah. Uh, before I feel like if they were ever to do a full-on Batman show, I'm hoping that it would be like the full HBO treatment with the whole HBO budget. Oh my goodness, that'd be so epic. Yeah, because I know there's been talks of something like that where it's um, Gordon Jeffrey Wright's character mm. from the Batman, and he actually gets his own show on hbo max Mm -hmm. heard about that but like maybe a couple years ago or a year ago but i haven't heard anything about it since then so that'd be pretty cool if you got the watcher on there or was it bernard bernard yeah because you know hbo hbo (laughs) yeah westworld (laughs) uh but last week we actually talked about dune uh you know we had different opinions so i had a you know, we talked about different <laughs> different stuff <laughs> for that movie, but we did run a poll for last week related to, to Dune. So what was the, the poll, Ken? Yes. Uh, so for episode 45, uh, which was our Dune episode, we ran a poll uh, this past Tuesday where we asked you, the audience, what is your favorite Denis Villeneuve directed movie? I think I'm getting better at saying it. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm getting more confident. But I'm still not sure if it's right. Anyway, the choices for that poll uh, that we ran were uh, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, Dune, obviously, and Sicario. And we did leave it open for uh, write-in votes. uh, But uh, the poll results revealed kind of in a surprising manner, and they disagreed with you, Jeremy. Dune won that poll at a surprising 40%. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I now I don't know if I get it yet. Maybe I need to watch it again, but yeah, I, I guess it, like I see the people really liking this movie. Uh, maybe it's just not for me, but I'm glad everyone else is enjoying it. <laughs> you know what it is? Uh, I think the crowd that happens to vote on, I guess, Twitter, Instagram, they happen to like a lot of these more epic type movies or tv shows we're talking game of thrones we're talking um lord of the rings um you know we're, we're kind of just talking about like that sort of thing even the harry potter mm-hmm. um like that whole book series and everything so i feel like those are the people that tend to kind of vote on i guess polls related to this sort of thing but our polls are related uh, are basically open to anyone yeah yep that's for sure uh, that wouldn't have been my vote, but if you do want to keep up with our polls every Tuesday, that's going to be on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, what was the what? What's our Twitter handle and Instagram handle, Ken? 
It is at Weekly Real on Twitter and the Metaverse. Yes, we're we're plugging you, uh, Zuck. <laughs> yeah, I already know you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're already paying attention. You're listening to the podcast like uh, while we're recording live. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do want to jump straight into this week's movie, which is Last Night in Soho, where a girl named uh, El Luis moves yes. to where does she move to again london she moved, yeah yeah she yeah, moves to london, london to become a fashion designer yes. and things just start getting out of control right from the get-go and she has this crazy crazy adventure in london uh and let's just say she doesn't come out unscathed <laughs> so <laughs> i'd say so <laughs> physically emotionally mostly mentally yeah mentally <laughs> Uh, but spoiler warning, right now you can go watch Last Night in Soho in theaters right now. All right, so we'll, I'm going to jump straight into the double feature. And if you guys don't know what the double feature is, it's basically me and Ken throwing out a double question thing to each other. And uh, the kicker is that we don't know what we're going to ask actually ask each other. So I'll go first. Ken with last night in soho um because honestly i've only watched that one trailer that it when we first saw it i'm like okay that looks like a good movie same same (laughs) honestly i don't remember the trailer (laughs) yeah yeah i don't really remember the trailer. i just remember oh that looks like a good movie and i kind of forgot about it and then i knew but i still knew i wanted to watch it Mm. uh because it's edgar wright and i oh i always feel he he has a very distinct style so but this movie did did like did you expect the movie to go the way that you expected it to cuz man that was a ride dude what the heck happened in that movie um only only because you know i you know last week when you know when i was previewing last night in soho uh, soho on our dune episode when i was trying to come up with i guess that preview just so that it sounds like all professional and stuff that's when I got a little bit of an inkling because, you know, they were kind of set up like the, I guess, you know, they're trying to think of a tagline to bring people in to watch the movie. And so that was kind of in the back of my mind, I guess, throughout the movie. But as it relates to like the the actual trailer and expectations of footage that I've seen, uh, the very little of it, man, I had no idea it was going that dark. And man, I didn't realize it would be suspenseful uh, with all the jump scares and the psychological stuff that was going on. It was it was pretty nuts. It was a wild ride, just like you were basically talking about. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't expect as much of the psychological horror that it was actually going to be. Because normally with Edgar Wright, you're going to have like this fast pace, very uh, like very quick step type of type of movie where everything's just kind of happening really quick, and you just have to process everything. But this movie it does do that, but in a very dark way. <laughs> Holy crap! I mean, literally, literally dark. Because I mean, there was a lot of scenes that took place at night or even during the day that you know they played. Uh, Edgar Wright played around with shadows and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the you know the, like the library scene when Ellie's uh, kind of doing all that research on like the murders, murderers and stuff, murders and stuff. Man, I can't even talk anymore. Uh, but um, yeah, it was just. It was a lot. I I was surprised at how much 
how many different genres Edgar mm-hmm. Wright was able to fit within a two hour frame. I, I don't know what the exact runtime was, but it was right around that time. Yeah, it was it was like this horror, um, psychological suspense, almost and almost like coming of age, also like mm-hmm. weirdly enough. Yeah. Uh, but it, at the same time, it's like, yeah, it 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 was so. I love the opening scene though, just like kicking off the the movie. Yeah, and all of a sudden, her her dead mom is in the mirror. I was like, <laughs> like uh oh, <laughs> this movie's gonna. I I have a bad feeling about this kind of thing yeah because you know when you're going into this you're you're trying to figure out what's going on at first obviously and you're like wait am i seeing that right is that a different person and her and then obviously you know as the scene kind of goes on you're like oh, okay that's her mom and she's staying with her her grandma but then it's, it was just pretty crazy you know like a lot was going on because you know obviously She's a big, huge fan of the 60s and that whole style and everything. And she loves 60s music and everything. Grandma music, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. For me, uh, again, I think we've talked about it in past episodes with music and everything. I had I still had no idea when we were still at that beginning where we were headed because I was like, man, this is like a, it's got a good soundtrack. And Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. Edgar Wright. And, you know, he usually stylizes stuff and and. I'm obviously remembering a lot of the trailer footage where Anya Taylor-Joy is in it. And I'm expecting something like La La Land or something like that. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that was, (laughs) there was a little bit of singing, uh, a little bit of dancing, which was actually like the way they filmed that one dancing. I'll probably mention it later. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the visuals of this movie are really good and sometimes super visceral yeah you know know what i'm saying like especially towards the end of the movie wow there was definitely a lot going on i mean i i feel like the um the high moments that edgar wright had in mind for the audience i think he for the most part did a really good job in that because i there was a lot of memorable moments in this movie you know on days that we normally record a podcast i try to I try to watch a movie at least twice or at least, you know, have it on in the background for a second time. That way I could kind of like focus more on the dialogue. I'm trying to focus on, um, you know, just certain scenes and everything and try to catch new things that I missed the first time. But Mm -hmm. in this movie, I only got to watch it the the one time. And usually, you know, me and I'm a little older. And so my memory is not as good. Um, But I actually remember a lot of the high moments. And so I feel like Edgar Wright definitely did a really good job in in hitting those high moments uh, very well, I think. That's true. At one point when the ghost started appearing, it, it reminded me of uh, Hereditary. Mm. I was like, what? This again? Not again? I always found that super creepy when they have like a bunch of ghostly looking people, especially in Hereditary where they're all like naked <laughs> Uh, yeah Ooh. well yeah. i mean we've gotten naked people like what three weeks in a row because we had uh <laughs> we had oscar isaac naked for uh some reason and even stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true a lot of nakedness oh my goodness mm-hmm. uh what was your question that you wanted to throw out for the double feature all right well my half of the double feature um you know last night in soho i mean we just talked about it, it had its bright spots but 
in my opinion, the flip side of that coin, I feel like there was some pretty major plot holes. And I feel like it's fair to say there were some cringy moments. And so, Jeremy, we're bringing it back. Mm. What is your cringiest moment of Last Night in Soho? Oh, cringiest moment. Um, Man. Sometimes I think it, what was that? What was the guy's name? Her love interest, John. John, yeah, John, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I was like, I don't know whether or not to trust this guy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, he was a good guy, but it's like, yeah, there were some some cringy moments. I think mostly, though, uh, talking about like her at school and stuff. It's just the Mean Girls aspect. <laughs> I'm like, really. Jacosta. Really? Yeah, Jacosta. I'm like, oh. come on. Are you serious? I'm like, especially when they're just like in class. I'm like, wow, not even being subtle about it. And it's not like they're in high school either. I know. Exactly. They're at a pretty prestige. Well, it seemed like a prestigious um, design school uh, in London. Probably one of the more well-known ones. And uh, man, they they were just straight bitches. <laughs> <laughs> seriously I was and like, hate and they were hating too they were such haters um with i i felt like you know especially when you're in like the arts or whatever yeah you may hate on someone but there are times when it's like damn that was actually still pretty good you know it, with some of maybe some of the designs or something like that mm-hmm. you know you you would think that you would at least appreciate the art but i guess not not jacosta anyway yeah, yeah, especially when she, oh, <laughs> when uh, they asked Ellie, like, oh, like, what does your parents do? Where, where's your mom? She's like, oh, my mom's dead. And and then uh, Jacosta's just like, oh, I had an uncle who committed suicide also. I'm like, wow, really? Hella trying to take that spotlight over there. <laughs> so brave. <laughs> I just thought, I actually thought that was so funny because I was like, oh, no, she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, that's the closest thing I would probably get to cringy because I think for the most part, most things did work with me. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. You know what? I think this may be the second week in a row where we're kind of disagreeing a little bit in terms of, I feel like, and, and that's part of the reason why I brought up this uh, this question because I feel like there was a few of them where I felt like they just completely brushed it under the rug mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mention a, a few of them but let's well, let's go one by one though uh the first one that just uh, jumps up immediately to my because you know i was working on uh my notes for uh today to tonight's episode dude that one scene the library scene where basically ellie acts basically is about to stab like a, a monster but then it ends up being jacosta mm-hmm. that she's almost about to stab right but the john eye. is literally the only thing preventing her from committing murder yep i was like how does jacosta just not do anything after that like you know try to file a report police report that's like attempted murder basically and by the end of the movie they're like oh hi they were just giving each other like looks and stuff and it everything seemed civil it was weird yeah that was yeah that was a bit weird uh, yeah, that's pretty much assault right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was having a nervous breakdown, but still, oh my goodness, I, I would have thought that, I mean, Jacosta was giving her looks and giving her a lot of lip in the beginning. And then after that, it was like, okay, where did it go? I mean, if there was ever a reason for you to give some lip, 
That would it be it. Been right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and, you know, and, you know, Ellie did just run away, too. So, it's, I, I agree. It's like there's a... They definitely didn't put any, like, consequence. I feel like at the end, it's like they didn't want too much... Uh, too long of an ending after the whole house fire thing. Yeah. You know, because it's like after that, people... There's, there's such a big adrenaline rush after all that. You don't want to, like, have another 30 minutes of closing things up, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, let me uh, bring up... Uh, I, I think, actually, these next two that I immediately thought of, because I didn't want to think of too many, but these are kind of related anyway. But how does Alex get away with being basically a serial murderer? Yeah. <laughs> she basically alluded to the fact that there's a 100 bodies... In that room, mm-hmm. and first of all, wouldn't like hella stink in there? Like, wouldn't it give off some sort of order, odor? I mean, there was uh, was what if we're going off of maybe the timeline would be twenty twenty one, and it'd be the sixties. That'd be about sixty years worth of dead bodies times a hundred. Yeah, I I agree. Like that's also the, it's like did did she pull like a Breaking Bad or something, where you know freaking melting down the bodies or, or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's like she like just put them in the, under the floorboards in the walls in or the walls, something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then again, yeah, that's a little bit of a plot point where it's like okay, how, she couldn't have owned the place yet, right? Because um, what's Matt Smith's character's name again? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sandy's manager slash love interest. Oh, J- Jack. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, obviously she kills Jack. So, and then that allows her to kill everyone else. Everybody else. But yeah, I agree. Her being like basically basically a serial killer after that. Um, yeah. It's like how did she get away with it? Yeah, exactly. That a, that's, a, that's a pretty big plot point. It's like no one's and she's wondering. Like, and she like lives downstairs this whole time. Obviously, she, you know, a lot of time has passed because she turns into Diana Riggs. Uh, I guess Diana, you know, like just the older version of herself, right? Alex mm-hmm. Collins. And uh, yeah, she's just like literally there at the scene of the crime this whole time. It's like, I guess, at, hidden in plain sight. Yeah, I I guess it's like I guess maybe she took over the building. No one would know if you know she pulls a Breaking Bad. No yeah. one ever like stays there. I mean, yeah. but she even said like, "Oh, a bunch of other girls have slept here before." So yeah, unless she was lying about that. That's true. That that just is to, that could be a just to maybe to get her into uh, to actually stay in um, at that place. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised though because she's. Did say like women only, and obviously mm-hmm. that's uh, that's uh, because of her past. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, that was pretty creepy though, because uh, obviously you know you're conflicted about dirty old men like trying to like basically use her to you know just take advantage of Sandy or whatever. But they got their comeuppance. But man, a hundred people really? I mean, hundred dudes. <laughs> that yeah, especially, <laughs> that, was, that was a bit much. <laughs> It's uh yeah definitely a hard situation to be in and but for yeah, dude. it it was yeah for it to all fall on uh, Ellie's somehow is pretty crazy. Yeah, she ended up being a vigilante. Um, it basically as a I wouldn't even say if she, she wasn't necessarily like a hooker, but she was like perceived as someone 
that was trying to get ahead. Like she knew that uh, the dark bowels of like the industry, you know, where, you know, to kind of get ahead, especially back in the 60s, you know, there's going to be men in power and they're going to just try to take advantage of uh, these young women. And in that in that regard, I applaud <laughs> Sandy. But, oof, man, that was pretty brutal, like how. She ended up having to kill all those guys, right? Yeah, that's a lot of people to kill. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, mm-hmm. I felt like Ellie's character was just annoying <laughs> after a while. Really? I don't know. I thought so. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Some of the decision making and I don't know. It was just, it was a bit much. But then that's just a, that's just me. I see. All right. Yeah. I think I would disagree. Um yeah. But maybe we'll we'll get into that in just a bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think just to touch upon it, I think I like the character just because um, there's this underdog element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. There there are some questionable questionable decisions, but at the same time, I think there's like this uh, self esteem issue going mm-hmm. into a new city, not really knowing anybody, not knowing who you can trust. So. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I feel like the the times that I was uh, mainly annoyed was because I, I did ended up, you know, liking John because, uh, you know, after a while you get to see that he's actually there to be um, someone that he can, you know, be there to support her and everything. I felt like she really kind of didn't treat him as well as she should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I think by then, I think she was kind of losing it or whatever up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely her mental health was Mm-mm. not right by the time he, they were getting close. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but I want to throw out the audience question. And this is a Edgar Wright directed film. Edgar Wright has made plenty of stylized, very entertaining movies. And I want to ask, what is your favorite Edgar Wright directed film? Um, I would probably say mine is Baby Driver. What would be yours, Ken? <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. But with a little caveat, only because I haven't seen Shaun of the Dead yet. Everyone keeps uh, raving about Shaun of the Dead. Ooh, yeah. Wait, Shaun of the Dead? No. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, so it's uh, I think it came out in 04. And so, uh, mm-hmm. I like whenever I see just random uh, lists, especially with like uh, like zombie movies, that's mm-hmm. near the top of every zombie movie list. Yeah, we definitely got maybe we'll check that out for Halloween, who knows, or we can just watch it in the off season somehow. Ooh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll just toss it a, a, a random zombie movie even not having to wait for halloween because that's like another year from now yeah seriously and this was basically a horror movie also so exactly exactly all right guys if you wanted to share your favorite edgar wright directed film uh you can go on our twitter facebook or instagram at weekly reel or if you even feel free to email us at our email uh what's our email ken you don't want to take a step at it? Uh, I feel like you're, well, you kind of regressed a little bit the last couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. for a while there, you were getting real close. No, I forgot this time. I, I threw away the note that I wrote down last week. Oh, well, I, I don't have any confidence that that note was actually correct anyway. So <laughs> here it is. It's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. 
All right, let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back from the break, and let's jump into our weekly real awards. The first award that we're going to give out is the I Am Groot Award for Favorite Character. And I guess it was a bit of a revelation to me that Ken didn't like our lead character sometimes, uh, El Luis. So I'm curious to know, who's your favorite character of Last Night in Soho? It was it was <laughs> honestly her better half. <laughs> and I feel like that's why I didn't like El Luis. <laughs> I got to give it to John. I feel like... Um, I was look, I was going through the uh, IMDb cast list and mm-hmm. yeah I mean all of the characters were done mainly pretty well um, I mean there was some it was a good cast actually I was surprised at how good the cast it was with you know Terrence Stamp uh, we got Diana Rigg I think in her f- maybe final role I know she passed away recently um, from Game of Thrones and other I think she was a Bond girl too mm. um, but and then on Anya Taylor Joy. Out of all those, I thought it would have been Anya Taylor-Joy. But no, it was John. I just really felt bad for him because <laughs> from the get-go, he was, you know, he treated Ellie so nicely, was very patient. Um, he came off as likable, very courteous, respectful, especially, you know, like when she was kind of going through her her episodes a little bit. And he was always there to be a friend. And in the most generalist of general of terms, John is that dude. And so, hmm. uh, I, I wish I had a better, uh, <laughs> better <laughs> reasons, but John, I felt really sympathetic and I really felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree though. Cause there's uh, when you, uh, when Ellie runs into him on the stairs and offers to help carry her luggage or whatever, there is that moment. I was like, uh, do I want to trust this guy? It's like, not right now type right. of thing. Right, uh, but once you know, once he came in with the Coke can later on, where he says sorry, I'm like, all right, this guy knows that this is a Coke commercial, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was expecting basically maybe one with the Eloise or Ellie on the can, but I didn't. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty nice touch that he he wrote on it, just like what Jacosta did for her. It was the, her one thing in <laughs> the one piece of what drink yeah <laughs> in the refrigerator was everything else in the yeah, refrigerator oh I'm like, my god wow dude i know uh yeah that was definitely a good character i think for me still though it has to be el Luis is my favorite character of the of the movie mm-hmm. i honestly just like you i thought it was going to be sandy um anya taylor joy's character just by watching the trailer i feel like it, like that character was going to be nuts i mean she was but <laughs> like in in a different way Mm-hmm. But it was like uh, Ellie was kind of living through her life. Like, right. oh yeah, there's this, there's this fantasy world, and I want to be a part of it. And then it all just like goes to shit, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and turns out it's all real. So I was like, what the heck? But speaking of the character, though, it's just because I like the whole um, the roller coaster that she kind of goes through first, like just moving through a. Uh, well, first she's happy just to get accepted into this London school and then getting there and then it's definitely not what she wanted. Yeah. But 
then going into an apartment where she's happy again because she gets her own apartment. Then she starts having these fantasies of like being happy and all that stuff. And then it's just a constant up and down challenging her mental health. And I think that's what made the character interesting for me. Yeah. Um, I will admit that the first half of the, uh, the movie, I really did identify with her because I did feel bad for her. Oh man. I just feel like some of the decisions she was making in the second half were just like, no, what are you doing? Why? Uh, we might get into that later on uh, when we were actually talking about uh, different awards. Uh, but just kind of going back to your Anya Taylor-Joy, I, I feel like just because the trailer did feature her a little bit, and for me, one of my favorite miniseries or TV shows of the year so far has been Queen's Gambit. And she was uh, Anya Taylor-Joy was so good in that. I was expecting her to be more of a main character, and it was very surprising that she was pretty limited actually in her in her dialogue and she she was like a glorified really uh well-known supporting character that surprised me yeah yeah um i'm gonna jump straight into our next award though the language award for holy shit moment because we i think we get plenty of that um in this in this movie there's a quite a bit of jump scares and quite a bit of um graphic imagery <laughs> in this yes. movie so uh did you have one that you want to highlight yeah of course uh for the language award i wanted to go ahead and give it to that twist at the end i mean i should have known that when terrence stamp's character was gonna <laughs> be uh review uh was revealed to not have been jack because you know that's what they were hinting at throughout the movie there's like oh mm-hmm. terrence Stamp, this old guy is is jack just like in the future in the current uh in the present day uh but i mean obviously by the time he ends up getting run over by that car it's like oh what happened to Lindsay? or what i was like Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> of all the names really we have to go with yeah. Lindsay. come on man the girl's name <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly so it's like it's Lindsay. <laughs> i know i was like wait yeah. Is there a girl that got run over? No. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. Sorry but, uh, Lindsay's out there. <laughs> sorry, Lindsay Hunter, uh, b- uh, basketball player, former basketball player. Mm. Anyway, um, I don't know. I felt like that dropped our expectations. And, you know, with the movie tropes of, okay, once we got that out of the way, I should have known that there was going to be another twist shortly after that. But So the twist that I was talking about for the language ward was when they revealed that Diana Riggs' character was actually Sandy. So Alex Collins equals mm-hmm. Sandy. I that, was like, yeah. what? that was well done, right? Yeah, I did not see that coming just because for at least half of the movie, you're thinking, oh, this world, other world that she's transporting herself into is fake. And then you start to realize, okay, is, this, is there some truth to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there is, it's like it surely can't tie back into this old lady that she just is renting from. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? I should have uh, seen it coming, but I know I didn't. I'll admit that for sure. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. My my winner, though, is you mentioned it when uh, so quote unquote Jack gets run over. <laughs> that duke (laughs) i was like oh i knew i knew someone was gonna get ran over in this movie from how many times like people keep running into the street yes (laughs) dude no one was ever like looking both ways and obviously in london you want to look to the right first yeah (laughs) not the left they didn't even bother doing that everyone was just like going plowing straight ahead yep 
which is into funny the street. Because, because Leslie uh, was like, watch where you're walking, girl. Yeah. Then he gets yeah. ran over. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, and But shout out to Terrence Stamp, you know, because Smallville. Yes. And Jorah. original Superman. Yes. Yep. General Zod. So General Zod. Oh, I was like, at first I was like, is he um, going to be one of the voices <laughs> when I saw his name in the credits thing? I, I know uh, Smallville spoiled us. And he's like, uh, he's got he's got that distinct voice. He's got he that does. very gentlemanly, deep, masculine voice. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. mind him being, uh, uh, I guess, a uh, uh, narrator of my life. That'd be pretty cool. General yeah. Zod. That's true. <laughs> or, uh, you know. Jor-El. Jor-El. Uh, the next award is the I Am Inevitable Award for f- Scariest Scene. So th- I, there was quite a bit of scary scenes in this. Uh, which one are you going to end up picking? Oh, man. Yeah, there was a lot. Um, surprisingly, again. And I was trying mm-hmm. to think of may- uh, maybe one of the jump scares, but I ultimately settled on, not really settled, but I chose uh, for my winner of the I Am Inev- Inevitable Award for Scariest Scene, that scene when... Ellie brings John back to her room. Um, it's that whole <laughs> transposing of, you know, them in, you know, just starting to get it on or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Ellie then kind of tr- transports into the 60s. And I didn't realize in the 60s there was that mirror and uh, uh, I guess on top of the bed, uh, on the ceiling yep. or whatever, above the bed. Ooh. And then you get to kind of see some of the imagery of what we at at the time thought that at, this is where Sandy ends up dying uh, at the hands of Jack in a very brutal scene mm-hmm. um and then i i thought the how it kind of transitioned back and forth was really well done to the point where obviously she's yelling and then Diana Riggs character um Alex uh, Dr. Collins a doctor was she a doctor? I don't think she was a doctor Ms Ms Collins sorry uh, yeah Ms. Collins just goes upstairs. She's knocking on the door or whatever. And it totally looks like, you know, he's trying to take advantage. John's taking advantage of her, trying to rape her or something like that because she's yelling. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's frightened. And then John is like trying to get dressed and he's trying to get it out of there. And then obviously he breaks the mirror and everything. And it's like, oh my goodness, all hell breaks loose. That was, that was a pretty crazy scene. Yeah, there was a, definitely a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stimulation happening everywhere. The sound, the visuals, crashing into stuff, screaming everywhere, blood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> that was definitely an intense scene for sure. Um, yeah, that was that was crazy. Uh, but for me, I think the scariest scene for me, I'm going to point out one of the jump scares that actually like really got me because I feel like jump scares like they get me. But I was like, ah, I don't, I, I don't really like pointing them out. Is when uh, I think the dream started going bad, right? Yes. And then she, she like wakes up in like a big fright, and then uh, her her eight a.m. alarm clock goes off, and she's about to reach reach for it, and then um, freaking Jack's hand grabs her arm, and then Doom. she wakes up again. <laughs> I was like relatable <laughs> this happens all the time when i'm in like having a nightmare or or a dream because it's like i have dreams where i go through my day and then i wake up before my obviously like i haven't even woken up yet so i was like i relate to that jump scare 
Yeah, no, it was uh, that that was actually the jump scares that I was thinking of uh, adding to the whole dream within a dream sequence. But it's more of a horror type jump scare. I'm like, oh, man, that totally got me, too. Um, but yeah, you're not alone. I think a lot of my movie theater also got scared, too. <laughs> Uh, the next award is the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. And uh, I'm curious uh, if you had a favorite scene. Because I know you said there were some high points in this movie for you. So uh, did you have a favorite scene? Yeah, I actually mentioned it uh, or um, alluded to it earlier. It was that library scene. That was still my favorite. I like the... Mm. Um, I love the setting. I love the use of shadows uh, that Edgar Wright ends up using in this uh, in this scene. Obviously, Ellie's trying to, I mean, it ends up being like an, some sort of investigation. And obviously, he's, she's trying to figure out, you know, at the time that, oh, Jack's been, you know, maybe murdered um, Sandy because of that vision that uh, she experienced in the scene that I just mentioned in the, in the previous award. And so he, she's, you know, doing all that research on the microfiche and everything. And all of a sudden, these ghosts are like, chasing her and everything you get this crazy chasing and then all of a sudden she finally stands up to one of those ghosts pulls out a knife and thinks she's and you think that she's gonna stab one but then obviously i talked about how she nearly stabs jacosta right in the face but john stops her but then i was like no finish the job killer <laughs> i definitely like i knew that she she was holding those scissors for a while yeah. And those are some pretty big, like, freaking fabric shears. Yeah. And I knew she was going to... I thought she was really going to stab someone, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was nuts. That was really That was really well done. That uh, my, well. Uh, my blood pressure went up uh, during that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite scene was probably when Ellie went to the 60s for the first time. And she, like, basically steps into Sandy's body... And just the way that the, the the visuals of that scene and how kind of, especially since she loves the 60s so much where it feels mm. like this magical place, the 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 vibrance of the 60s, that feel. And uh, I like how, like all the mi- the mirror work yeah, that they that did really in the good. movie. And, and, and the editing. Mm-hmm. That like, you know, when they're, da- this is still the, the scene where they're dancing too, right? Jack and... Uh... Sandy, the first time. Yeah, yeah, that that scene. I just like the way, yeah, especially the dance scene. I'm like, dang, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, how they would switch off like that, and like mm-hmm. the whole mirror stuff. When even just when Sandy's walking down the stairs, but the reflection is Ellie in the mirror. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, dang. And I love how they did that throughout the movie, but specifically um, when she goes to the '60s for the first time. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like. Uh, I guess editing uh, tricks like that, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's all practical stuff. Obviously, they have to film everything twice, and to be able to have it so like in sync, where you can then you know use editing tricks to be able to kind of um, splice them all together and everything. And uh, I've always been a fan of that sort of editing work. And and uh, man, you know, during this this scene, it reminded me of. Um, a little bit of Pulp Fiction, you know, the dancing mm, scene a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there was definitely those Pulp Fiction dance scenes. Yep, yep. And then, again, it reminded me of a, some of these, like, um, 
uh, it reminded me a little bit of La La Land, you know, with the the use of color and everything, mm. and the glitz and the glamour of uh, of you know life in living in London as a performer, especially in the '60s during that whole age, because you know, like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were going on during that time. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm curious just to watch the behind the scenes, just to see how it, how they did it, how Edgar mm-hmm. Wright did that scene. Oh yeah. That, that that's got to be something to to definitely look out for for sure uh i do want to go into our favorite section of the episode uh the guess the rotten tomato score and we're we're tied right at yeah, three we are. surprising surprisingly uh, like we're already six episodes into season three and we're still tied <laughs> so last week though was uh you you tied it up, right? So, yeah, I'm gonna give you first dibs this week. So, uh, what's your guess for this week? Okay, so I initially went when I was thinking about. It, I initially went a little higher uh, because uh, I feel like it's very stylized and everything. It had a really good look to it. There's a lot going on, but I feel like critics tend to dock stuff if there's a lot of plot holes, and I feel like mm. there were a good amount that I talked about earlier i'm guessing 68 68 still certified fresh yeah yeah i'm go i'm going pretty higher than that um just because it's edgar wright so i went with 88 percent yeah a high cap <laughs> yeah we do so i actually have the score right here um because obviously we do make our guesses before we even go on ron tomatoes we try to stay off of this side as much as possible so we can keep the integrity of our guesses. And the tomato meter is fresh at 75%. Oh! So, Ken, once again, you have taken the lead wow. in this. Uh, this is uncharted territory. My, yeah. I'm getting sweaty <laughs> just thinking about being me being ahead this late in the season. And we're only, what? seven up six or seven episodes in because i think remember we tied that first one mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> it's it's uh this season it's a bit of a roller coaster this time Ooh. so you actually, are up four to three actually you know my initial guess was 74 but oh. i i was like no it's too it's too low it's too high it's too high i have to drop it a little bit so <laughs> that would have been like right there too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know damn it maybe but it's whatever. your gut feeling every time man you gotta trust that gut I know. Hey, but it was good enough, uh, even my second guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's uh, four to three now, right? Four to three. I'll, I'll try to come back next week for, uh, you know, the a little Marvel movie that we're going to be mentioning in just a little bit. But yes. before that, I want to give our, our last award, the I Love You 3000 award. And, uh, you know, that's when we rate it from one to 3000. I am curious. Since uh, your Rotten Tomatoes one was 68%, I'm wondering what you gave it. Okay, so uh, the I Love You 3000 Award, where I'm rating this uh, from 1 to 3000, I got to give this. I mean, it's still going to be certified fresh, again, on that scale if we're going off of that. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it a 1935, which is equal to 64.5%. I feel like it's only this high because there are some high moments and it's Edgar Wright. Uh, I love the look, especially actually the Avengers Assemble, uh, your scene, the one that you gave. Um, I love that scene. I forgot how beautiful that scene is shot, especially when Anya Taylor-Joy is like performing and they're dancing and everything. So yeah, that, 60, that's uh, it's 1935 for me. Sorry. 1935. I gave mine 
definitely higher um, at 2520, 84%. I actually really like this, um, especially it being in like the horror genre. Normally, I don't give horror that high of a score, um, but considering it's like if I'm going to watch a horror movie, I would probably watch this one. Um, or like, you know, just for the scary stuff. I don't really like hereditary. I don't know if I want to watch that again. Just yeah. cause it's... <laughs> it's a difficult, uh, watch to go through it again, sit through it again for a second time. Yeah. But I did really appreciate like the music and the vibe of this, of this movie. So I would probably, yeah, I give it a higher score. But I don't. I'm not even consistent with my scores anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I just like. But I did like this movie. Uh, Ken, I did mention that we were going to talk about uh, you know a small indie movie <laughs> by Marvel <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you know just came out recently. So uh, what are we watching for next week? All right. Well, next week the MCU expands its vast universe to shine. A huge spotlight on Celestials, Deviants, and most importantly, Eternals. Yes, next week we are covering the next installment of the MCU's Phase 4 theatrical release, Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao. And she's actually Academy Award winning director, Chloe Zhao. And so I'm very curious to talk about this movie with not only you, Jeremy, but we do have a guest lined up for next week. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so here's a hint. I all I I'll say in the best Vin Diesel f- <laughs> voice, family. <laughs> yeah, family. Um, dude, I am pretty curious to know what uh, you and our guests, uh, what your thoughts are going to be. Because I feel like it's, well, for one, it's a long movie. So there's a lot that happens in the movie. (laughs) There is. (laughs) And so I'm curious to know what you thought about it overall. Obviously, we're going to flesh that all out next week's episode. Definitely different (laughs) because we've watched the movie already. Spoiler alert. Yes, we have. And uh, different than last night in Soho. So. Very different. Very and you different. know what? It's also very different than, I mean, what? We've gone through six parts of our MCU rewatch. We've uh, talked about Shang-Chi this, uh, this season. We talked about Black Widow last season. Man, I feel like uh, Eternals is completely different than anything that we've watched so far within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. If anything, this movie is different. So mm-hmm. I'm glad for that, at least. I am too. I am too. Uh, but before we head out, is there any uh, social medias you want to share so they can keep up with you uh, during the week? Yes. Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter. Not necessarily Facebook, even though I would <laughs> love to own some of the metaverse. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at FreeKenA, and the spelling will be in the notes. Surprisingly, I am actually um, there on Facebook, but you could probably follow my page on there at JP underscore Flex. I don't really post on there, but I am probably I can get those notifications faster, I guess. <laughs> but hmm. you know, interesting. E- either way, hey, Instagram suck. works. You too. got you got one. You still got one. Yeah. <laughs> got one. <laughs> but yeah, Instagram is probably better at JP underscore Flex. Yeah, and, uh, uh, just. And, Oh, sorry. And just a quick little plug, actually, only because 
uh, our, I guess, season three guest of, of Hereditary reminded me uh, earlier this week. Andrea finally checked out, or actually checked out, uh, one of Jeremy's past of uh, projects. It's an audio crime drama. And I, I know you're pretty modest with a lot of your stuff, but I want to plug Mr. Law. It's av- out available on Spotify and YouTube. Mm-hmm. I prefer the YouTube version because there's subs on it and you get you get to read along with the audio. The audio is really well done with voice actors and everything. And, and Jeremy does a really good job with this creative uh, project. So Mr. Law, uh, look for it on Spotify and YouTube. He actually released this two years ago in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Definitely look up Mr. Law audio drama series or something like that on Spotify or YouTube. Uh, really proud of that. Uh, proud of that series and all the people that made it too, so or that were involved. So definitely check that out. Hey, you should be. It's so good. And you know what? Andrea's almost done, or if maybe she she may be done by the by the time this uh this uh episode gets released. So um I'll let you know how she liked it whenever I see her at work. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know after after she finishes the finale for sure. I would yeah. like to know. Yeah. Q and A. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> there you go. All right. Any uh, final thoughts on last night in Soho before we uh, close out? Um, even though I kind of uh, didn't like it as much as you did, I'm glad that we did talk about it just because there is a lot going for last night in Soho. Um, maybe I was expecting something, you know, uh, Academy Oscar Award, you know, winning like esque. Mm. You know, based off of the trailer, obviously it yeah, went in a trailer. completely different manner. And maybe if I do watch it a second time, I'll like it a little bit more, be a little bit more forgiving of the movie. Yeah, I could definitely see the like the plot points. Like it very, it very much hinges on it's like, how did she like <laughs> there would be no movie if she never moved out <laughs> of yeah. the dorms. So, yeah. And and it's not even like some supernatural thing that like leads her to this hotel like i just gravitate towards this place it's like no she just she just wants to be there and then she gets wrapped up in this so i guess that happens too mhm but uh overall i liked it i'm glad that uh you know i think it's at least a good one time watch type of movie so it's not baby driver it's not baby driver <laughs> or Shaun of the dead apparently yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, Like Ken said, if you want to follow us, get notified on the social medias for at Weekly Real. That's going to be on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Next week, we're going to be watching Eternals. And I am pretty excited to talk about it because there's a lot that happens in that movie. Uh, But until then, we'll see you next time on The Real.